yesterday in chapter 21 emotions were just flying up and down everybody was emotional Sarah was emotional Abraham was emotional some servants were emotional even Agar and her son they were emotional now some were very glad that finally oh rejoice with me rejoice with me was the song on the lips of Sarah and the other emotion was an emotion of mocking that uh, look look at them look at them after how many years you know it's interesting it's actually very interesting you know I'm trying to put myself in that ceremony in fact even before that ceremony I'm trying to imagine what was going on in the heart of Ega, what was going on in the heart of Ishmael. See, they thought they could help God fulfill that promise which he gave, which he established with Abraham, as for having a child and being a father of all nations. At that very point, at that very point, all the servants, all people who dwelt with Abraham would have been looking up to Ishmael. In fact, they would have been praising him and saying, ah, they would be calling him Omoba. I can imagine. I can imagine. Now the wife, Sarah, is now pregnant. Do you think Hagar or the son, Ishmael, will be the most happy person? About Sarah, the real wife, not that Ega is a fake one, but it was just a mistake they made. They thought they could help God. But nonetheless, do you think Ega or Ishmael or people that sympathize with Ega would be happy to see, ah, Madame don't get belly? No. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. Because now, once you see Jara and Ishmael, it's no longer the heir to all the possessions of Abraham and don't forget Abraham was blessed very blessed to the extent that even the people of even the Philistines the people who dwelt in Canaan were afraid they knew that God was with him they knew now some were happy some were merry while some were weeping and angry and mocking it's interesting it's just very interesting you know while dwelling upon yesterday what happened yesterday when i say what happened yesterday i mean in chapter 21 i started to ask myself some questions i started to think that really we just let me not say we because i don't know your own heart but sometimes i just read these stories and you know it's easy to rush by and say that oh this person had great faith this person was patient this person was that do you know the amount of shame sarah would have gone through now in today's reading i would do something that i previously i i, I usually would not do i would taken from today's study in today's study we would see that abraham gets report 
as to the things that happen in the awe of the Chaldeans, as to the things that happened to the nation in which he came out from. It gets reports as to the children his brother has, as to all of these things. Now, if he is getting reports from them, don't you think they would also, don't you think they also would be asking, ah, what's, what's happening at your side? The wife is not yet pregnant. I can imagine her enduring to the age 50 with no report of her conceiving or having a child for Abraham. I'm sure they would have written that matter of that lesson. She's barren. I can imagine the pressure on Abraham. Let's not forget, having two wives no longer seemed to be a sin in them again, in their sight. I can imagine the pressure. Abraham, get another wife. All these your possessions. Who would inherit them? Marry someone else. Sarah stood that shame. She bought it. God gave her strength. Even Abraham, he stood firm with his wife. Woman, are you looking for a man? Are you praying for a man that would stand by your side? Even when things are not right. I mean, when things are upside down. When things are not in your favor. When people are mocking you and giving that your husband an advice to do otherwise. Are you praying that God will give you a man that will be firm? Above all, God will give you a man that honors God. Because it is bec- uh, because Abraham honored God. That was why all through these years, up until age 86, he didn't have a second wife. He wasn't thirsty for a woman or for a son or a daughter. No, he wasn't. Because he obeyed God, he was staying, he remained loyal to that one woman that God said, the man will leave the woman and they shall become one. They shall become one. He stood by her. He stood by her. Until they came together to make an agreement to have Agar as her second wife. Until that very point, we see that Abraham loved, even loves, even to the point of death, his wife, Sarah. Man, this is a great lesson, you know. No matter how much one thinks about this story, thinking about it cannot give us that experience. That long wait, that very long wait of 90 years, well not 90 years, I don't know when she got married, but I can imagine more than 50 years without a child from that woman you love. Mercy. It is a lot. It is a lot. God is good. Oh, I pray. I pray you, my friend, finds a companion, finds a partner who loves and longs to obey God. Because your partner's obedience to God is love to you. 
I remember where Genesis, uh, where Jesus said in the New Testament, Husbands, love your wife as I love the church, up to the point that I gave my life for the church. Abraham loved woman up until that time, that time that they both decided that a second woman will come into that marriage picture. Despite the no bearing, despite whatever they faced, he stood by this woman. They stood by each other. And she also was ready to stand by him when they went to Egypt. Oh, just to save his ass. Just to save him from being killed because of these men, because these men of Egypt, they were evil, even in the land of Canaan. They didn't fear God. And she said, Yes, yes. I would say you are my brother. I would say you are my brother. And I can imagine, since they said, oh, they are siblings, then the king of uh, Canaan or the pharaoh of Egypt, they would they most likely would not see anything wrong in Abraham visiting his sister from time to time. So I can imagine, I can imagine these persons, because of their love for God, their cords were not broken in that marriage covenant it's very interesting it is very interesting and in as much as it is interesting it is a great lesson it is a great lesson beyond the outward uh, appearances or outward whatever let us look does my partner have a fear of god in fact, that should be the only thing. Does he have the fear of God? Is he desirous to do as God has commanded? That is the only thing we should be looking out for. The only thing, I repeat, and I say that with confidence, the only thing. Now, this is why I say it's the only thing. I pray this, this uh, podcast won't be too long. Now, this is why I say that should be the only thing. Number one. The one who fears God would understand the criteria of what it is to be a husband. Remember Genesis chapter 2. He must see that, yes, this person I am willing to welcome into my life, into my home. I must be able to provide. Now I'm saying welcome into my home, meaning he must have a roof over his head. He must have a job that he can cater for this person he is inviting. See, God so loved the church that he provided, he is continually walking in the midst of the church, making sure their light doesn't go out. Now imagine the responsibility God has for the church in our old husband. Be as I am for the church. Be that to your wife. A man who is longing, who is thirsty to obey and to do the will of God will be that man you should be looking for. And on the other hand, dear man, look for a wife that fears God. Sarah, look for a wife that fears God. Because it's only a wife that fears God that would honor you. It's only a wife that fears God that would stand side by side with you no matter, no matter, no matter, whatever comes. 
whatever comes. Yes, God is good. God is very good. God is very good. Hi, I am Oluwa Femi and you are welcome to the gospel space. You are welcome to the gospel space. I have spent much time dwelling on what happened yesterday, dwelling on the ceremony. The record we have in the Bible is they had a big feast, a big feast. I can imagine. I can imagine. Someone as wealthy as Abraham holding a feast for that long-awaited son from his wife, from his dear wife, Sarah. Mm, Party man neighbor. Yeah. To be loved. Let's quickly pray so that we can go into our study. Go into our study. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you for these lessons we are learning from your word. We plead for your Holy Spirit that we may not just be hearers, but doers of these things that we are learning. Send your Holy Spirit to teach us that he as we might not give your words our own interpretation this is our prayer we ask in jesus name amen genesis chapter 22 genesis chapter 22 and it says now it came to pass after these things that god tested abram and said to him abram and he said here i am then he said take now your son your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall show you. Hmm. You know, let us let us pay attention to the words God spoke to Abraham. Now this is a vision like we have read in previous passages. This is a vision. Now, God acknowledges that Isaac is the son Abraham loves. He acknowledges the fact that this is the son that Abraham has so long waited for. Now says, take this son and go and offer him as a sacrifice. All those sacrifices they offer they actually burn those offer uh, those offerings to to the ash if i can call it ash they burn them till they are burnt now imagine abraham having this vision and in his mind thinking about how he offers sacrifice do you think this would have been the most pleasant vision he must have had at this point i can imagine abraham questioning that ah, is, 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 is this really god despite the fact that the same medium the same way god has been communicating with him is the same way he had this vision i can imagine i can imagine him having a lot of doubt that ah, sacrifice isaac my firstborn the one you promised are you are you are you serious i can imagine him having this thought 
this is not the most comforting or pleasant vision anyone can have so abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and isaac his son and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which god has and told him then on the third day abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off and abraham said to his young men stay here with the donkey the lad and i will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you let's take note abraham said we now for him to say we and for him to say we will come back despite the vision he had from god it means on this journey he actually did not tell anybody he actually did not tell anybody because now he's giving he's telling the servants that followed him that we that is himself and isaac the son will come back to them i can imagine that he surely did not even tell sarah his wife when they left because we read that they left early in the morning now you see we are just reading it this is what i i said previously we are just reading it like oh it just had the vision and it just stood up no no i can imagine because i'm i i can't put myself in his shoes because i actually cannot no matter what no matter what i cannot i cannot put myself in the state of mind he was in but i can imagine abraham praying for a sign that that god is is this you you are a loving father who is desirous for none to die am i sure i am hearing this vision am i sure i am seeing this vision all right please give me more signs i want to know if this is a command from you if my mind is not messing with me i can imagine the struggles that abraham must have been having in his heart oh this vision must have been the most troubling thing but he got up early in the morning and still went he still went ahead even to the point of death abraham was willing to obey not willing abraham obeyed you know reading this story i i look to self that if a man like me would go this far to obey then what hinders me this this is this is this is the true definition of death before disobedience so abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on isaac his son and he told uh, and he took the fire in his hand a knife and the two of them went together then isaac spoke to abraham his father and said my father and he said here i am my son then he said look the fire and the wood but where is the lamp as a bond offering and abraham said my son 
God will provide for himself the lamb for a bond offering. So the two of them went together. Do you know how these questions would strike the heart? It would pierce the heart of Abraham. Now, Abraham knew that he was, it was his son he was going to sacrifice. And now the son is saying, my father. Mm. That first title, that first, those, those two words who first, it will first melt his heart. My father. Ah, strong man. Abraham was a strong man. And it's very interesting that God brought this test at a very fragile age. Now, Abraham was more above 100 years old. And now I say this because the lad can walk now. The lad is even the one carrying the wood. So, yes, this we're not saying we can, not we can assume. With what we have read so far, Isaac is no longer a baby. Is no longer a small child. Isaac is no longer crawling. Because Isaac now has a knowledge of the sacrificial system. As to the questions he asked, we have the understanding, we have the insight that he already had an understanding of the sacrificial system. Because he looked, he saw the wood, he saw the fire, he saw the knife. And he asked his father, where is the lamb? Now, this is knowledge. This is knowledge. Because now he even knows that it is clean animals that they sacrifice. So Isaac is grown. Isaac is grown. To build an altar, you don't need three firewoods of stickle. Is a bunch. Is it a bunch or a bunch? I don't know what they call it. But it's actually a lot. Now, for Isaac to carry a lot of it, Isaac must have had strength. He must. We can say he was a youth already. We can say he was a youth already. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide a lamb for a bond offering. So the two of them went together. I can imagine the voice of Abraham already shaking. Already shaking as he replied the son. Then they came to a place of which the Lord had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood now with what we've read we know Isaac is no longer a baby he's a youth we saw Isaac ask his father a question as they were journeying and Abraham said, don't worry, God will provide. Now, we are reading that Abraham, who is very old, very old, now binds Isaac on the altar after building it. I think at this point, Abraham explained things to Isaac. And Isaac willingly laid down on that altar because if Abraham at that age could build that altar to erect could erect it and still with some strength 
of which the strength of an old man cannot be compared to that of a young man. He binds Isaac. No, no, I think Isaac willingly lays down on that altar. Now, I, I like how the Bible did not put us in the dark. We have the knowledge that Isaac also feared God. Isaac also knew and understood this sacrificial, sacrificial system by those questions he asked. So he knew. So I can imagine Abraham expressing all that happened. Remember in the past, when Agar spoke to God in the wilderness, when Sarah chased her, when she was running away from her mistress, she said she acknowledged that she had seen God. And we said something very interesting that day. That, do you think all of this, Abraham will be having all these experiences without sharing? No, he must have been sharing. And in the first place, Agar must have left Egypt because she saw something special about Abraham. Now I say that to say this, if even a guy, a servant, could realize the relationship Abraham had with God, how much more that long-waited son, he must have been taught. He would have understood, as we have read, what it is to have a relationship with the father. He must have even understood the means of communication because Abraham, I'm sure, must have really had to convince him that, my son, this is a vision. Remember how I used to tell you God spoke to me? This was how he spoke to me to do this. And Isaac was convinced beyond every doubt. He was convinced beyond every doubt that he laid on that altar. Upon those wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Can you imagine the joy? I can imagine both of them crying at this point. I can imagine both of them weeping. I can imagine Abraham cutting those ropes he used to bind Isaac on that altar and them embracing themselves with tears in their eyes. Ah, what a test. What a great test. But do you think God would have tested Abraham to this point if he did not believe that he would be able to stand it? Let's not forget Abraham was very old. A hundred plus. What is the cap of man's age? Is it not 120? Abraham was old. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in a ticket by the horns. So Abraham went and 
and, he, and uh, he went and brought it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, The Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of the heavens and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing in blessing I will bless you, and in multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies in you in your seed all nations all all nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice so Abraham returned to his young men and they rose and went together to Bathsheba and Abraham dwelt at Bathsheba. Hmm. Well, let us take note of this promise. The key part of the promise we would alight is in verse 19 where the Bible says, In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. In his seed, meaning in his descendants, in his generation, no, not generation, in his descendants, in his sons, all nations of the earth shall be blessed. Now, this is regardless of whether you are from Abraham's nation, Abraham's tribe, nation, Abraham's descendants or not. It is all nations, all nations shall be blessed. With this very act comes a question for me and for you. Is there anything too big, too dear, too special for us to give back to the one that's created? You know, it's very interesting. Why would I have any possession that is too dear for me to do? for me to give up to the one that created me and even that possession why why but it's easy to say isn't it it's easy to say and questions stories like this life stories life experiences like this make me ask myself questions does it make you ask yourself questions Femi what is that thing that you are holding on to that is too dear for you to give up for God this man was to give up the only son he had the son that he had from his loving and dear wife at his old age he was willing to give up his miracle son to God you know at the end of the day, I'm thinking this thought popped into Abraham's head. That's well, the God that performed this miracle of giving me this son in this old age, isn't it possible for him to revive him even if I offer him as a burnt offering? I can imagine. 
And that is a question for me. And that's a question for you. This thing that we are not willing to give up. Don't we think God can even replenish even more abundantly than that which we are holding on to? Your case might not be like that of Abraham. My case might not be like that of Abraham. God might not require us to go and sacrifice our sons or our daughters if we have one. It might just be a sinful thing. God is pleading. God is calling. God is impressing us to sacrifice, to give up. Are we willing to give it up? Are we going to obey God without looking back? Now it came to pass that these things was told to Abraham saying indeed Milcah also has born children to your brother Nahor. Hoz his firstborn bores his brother Kalmua the father of Aaron Cheese, Haza, Pildash, Jigilaf and Betuel and Betuel begot Rebekah these eight Milcah bore to Nahor Abraham's brother his concubines, <laughs> whose names were Rilma, also bore Teben, uh, Gaham, Tahish, and Mishka. Now we see reports getting to Abraham that, oh, these are the sons of your brother. These are the children. These are the sons. These are the daughters. Even his concubines. These are their names. We see that even the brother of Abraham had concubines. Concubines. Not concubine. Concubines. I will count it. I will count it. One, two, three, four, five concubines. Now these five concubines will bear children for now. And yet we have a man. Who was willing to stay loyal and faithful to his wife even when there was no child let's not forget before god established that covenant that promise to abram that he would be a father of all nations abram did not have any plan to have a second wife he already put it in his heart that he would give all his properties to his servant who was from Damascus. What is between you and your God? What is between me and my God? Are we looking to obey God? Or are we focused on the norms of life? Oh yes, when you marry, it's expected that... Mm, Roughly in the first five years, you should have a child. Are we used to traditions? Oh, well, well, one excuse to the next excuse to the next excuse and to the next excuse. What are we doing? 
I pray we obey God regardless the situation, regardless circumstance. I pray in every decision we are about to take, we will seek for the will of God. That is my prayer. That is my prayer. And I hope you ponder upon these stories. I hope you ponder upon these stories. And I want to hear from you. I want to listen to your own comments, your own ideas. Please, give a feedback. Give a feedback. Because I want to see this story in every possible light that one can see it. We thank God for today's story. By God's grace, we would study again tomorrow. Tomorrow being Friday. By God's grace. Do have a wonderful day. God bless you.